Hey, this is Pastor Joel. Uh, this service was awesome, in part because it was outside. However, there's some volume loss and wind noise. I've fiddled with some of the balance to make it easier to hear. I hope you're blessed by this sermon about having an understanding mind. I could sure do without the coronavirus, but I'm so glad for the opportunity to be worshiping outside together. What a beautiful day, what a beautiful community, and what a glorious opportunity to worship our living God together. Our reading this morning is from the book of Kings, in the second chapter, verses 10 through 12, and then again in the third chapter, verses 3 through 14. We've been studying through a, a series of sermons, hearing about the life of David, and today we meet his son Solomon learn about David's death. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Then David slept with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David and his kingdom was firmly established. Continuing from the third chapter. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar, and at Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. So give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people. the 
word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? O holy and gracious God, thank you for the beauty of this day, for the sun that rises to bring us life, for the breath you fill us with. So now may your spirit fill the life of our breath. Call us into life and faith with you as we walk in the path of wisdom. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we meet Solomon. Our lectionary chooses this text for us and points out a couple of Solomon's good qualities. Maybe you noticed as I read today, Solomon is described as being when God comes to him in the night, he asks for a discerning mind to know the difference between good and evil for the sake of others. Solomon, we see in his finest moment here. But what our lectionary conveniently left out in a few of the verses in between what I read this morning are some of what is not so wise in Solomon's character. And part of why I love the Bible is because the Bible doesn't leave these parts out. The Bible tells the whole story. And the whole story, the truth about Solomon, isn't so pretty, especially in the beginning. You see, Solomon did indeed inherit a stable, solid kingdom. But everyone expected that upon David's death, the kingdom would go not to Solomon, but to David's eldest son. In fact, his eldest son even expected that himself. Most likely he was trained for that all his life. All of the people around him were oriented, expecting him to be the one who would rule. So David threw a curveball when at the end of his life, David said, Solomon, I choose you son of Bathsheba. I choose you to be the king of this kingdom. It's hard to know how we, how Saul, Solomon may have received those words from his father. The scripture today tells us that he was young. The scripture today tells us that he was not a great military strategist. Certainly Solomon was grieving. But then the kingdom began to divide right down the middle. One part who supported the eldest, one part who supported the cause of Solomon. Solomon didn't make the best moves. In fact, he went so far as to make a clear cut. He had the murder of his older brother to ensure that he would be king. The Bible doesn't leave this out. It tells the whole story, what Solomon was willing to do to become a leader. I think, in fact, the path to leadership can be rugged for many of us. Our souls face this mantle, this challenge, and oftentimes there are late night decisions, late night wonderings and questions and reflections. Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right choice? 
cost I paid to get here too much. So maybe it isn't a surprise that God comes to Solomon late at night. In the dark night of a dream, God comes to Solomon and asks, what should I give you? God asks, what should I give you?
is crystal clear. When we keep reading through the book of Kings, we see that he makes many good and wise decisions, but not all. He makes mistakes. But eventually we see that this goodness comes to us in the person of Christ. For in Christ, we have wisdom incarnate. In Bible Journeys Kids, we talked about the Gospel of Luke that describes Jesus as a child, saying he grew in wisdom and in stature before God and before men. We talk about learning to make the right choice, the good choice, when faced with it. Because we, but we won't always see the clear way to go. Sometimes there are other voices that distract us. Sometimes there are voices that scare us, that lead us into different paths. That's why I think we need to, as Barbara Brown Taylor says, not always be right. We don't need to always be strong. We walk the good path, and we pay attention, and we notice both our successes and we notice when something fails. And we learn and we lean into the wisdom. And we give thanks for the most valuable gift that we are given in life in the person of Jesus Christ. For in Jesus Christ, he walked the good path. He prepared the way. He prepared the way from earth into heaven so that all evil might be transformed into good. And so we walk with Christ to be led home, to be set free. Now I know it's tempting. It's tempting to wish that God could be like a genie in the bottle. Believe me, I've asked many times. I've wished many times for my wishes and prayers and dreams to come true. But the truth is, God isn't God to us to make us comfortable God isn't our God to promise us to promise us ease in our lives. No, God loves us enough to invite us to walk on the path of Christ, the good path, with a holy guide who has prepared the way. Life, I think, is a little bit like a game that I used to play with my kids when we subscribed to the High Life magazine. And if you remember the High Life magazine, yes, yes. it's a great magazine for kids. One of our favorite things to do was to look through it and to find the hidden picture game. It was a black and white picture, usually black and white, maybe a nature scene, something outside, indoors. But hidden within that picture, you would look and find, where is the paintbrush in that picture? Where is the apple in that picture? The way of wisdom teaches us is that we are to look at our life and to ask God to give us grace to discern between good and evil and grace to choose the good. So maybe today at the start of a school year, you are deciding and thinking about what friends you might have this year. Maybe you're hoping God will help you grow Maybe you're hoping for healing or a new job. But no matter where you are today,
Thanks be to God. Amen.